0: Take your Bibles, please, and turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Put a marker in that passage of Scripture and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Put a marker there. We'll get to it in a few minutes. And then turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy is the last Word we have from the Apostle Paul. At the end of 2 Timothy 4, Paul will say, I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. And Paul is now leaving his legacy to a young man by the name of Timothy. Timothy was his son in the faith and had been with Paul for a number of events. And Paul had given him the assignment of pastoring the church at Ephesus and Paul had written back to him in 1 Timothy and, and told him how important doctrine was, how important correct leadership was, how important it was to provide a good foundation. And now some five, six, seven years later he's writing again and saying, Timothy I'm about at the end. I'm about ready to go meet the Lord. But you're going to stay here and you're going to continue ministry. And these are the important things in ministry. Guard the gift that God gave to you. You know, God has given to each one of us a gift. The gift of salvation, certainly. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And if you're not sure of your gift of salvation, see me today, will you please? Because a gift is by grace, because of God's love through His Son, Jesus Christ, and we receive it by faith. Guard the gift. Timothy, understand that you need to guard the truth, and we'll talk about that in in a few minutes. Guard the gift, guard the truth. And guard yourself, Timothy, because in the last days things are going to get tough. And ministry isn't near as easy as a lot of people think it is. I run into folks all the time who say, Boy, you got an easy job. You only work on Sundays. Well, it's easy to serve a group like Calvary Baptist Church. And I am so thankful that our leadership has said that I only need to work half days. Any 12 hours out of any day that I want to work, they don't care. But Timothy, understand that you need to guard against the cultural flow that would take you away from the Word of God. We are studying the topic, what do you look for in a healthy church? And the first thing that you look for in a healthy church is biblical preaching. And here in 2 Timothy chapter 4 in verse 2 Paul says, Timothy, preach the Word. I quoted this morning Hebrews chapter 4 where it says, The Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The psalmist says, The Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have hid the Word in my heart that I might not sin against God biblical preaching preaching the word is so important in this day of relativism because today it's people i'm going to do what i want to do and it just doesn't matter i ran into someone yesterday who said i've attended calvary baptist church i said oh yeah when he said well who's the pastor there And the person I was sitting next to said, well, this is our senior pastor, our lead pastor, Tom Townsend. I said, that wasn't it. I said, well, was it Pastor Spencer? They said, yeah, it was Pastor Spencer. I said, it's been a while. She said, well, I, I usually don't go to church. Well, it's been a while. And my comment to her was, well, you know, If that's okay with God it's okay with me but we need to live according to the Bible. And I didn't think it was really appropriate to get into Hebrews where it says don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. I didn't think it was appropriate for us to talk about accountability and all those kinds of things. But the point is people do what people want to do. And they excuse their own lies for doing it. I laughed at Elsie this past week. Elsie turned 80 this past Wednesday. I didn't laugh at her because she was 80. I laughed at her for this reason. She was sitting around a table and she was directing people, and her comment was, It's my birthday, I can do what I want. Right? Well, you know what? People live in a culture which says it's all about me, I can do what I want. But if you're looking for a healthy church, You need to look for a church that begins with biblical preaching. Why? Because biblical preaching gives to us the truth. Jesus said, sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. Biblical preaching is what transforms our lives. Whether it's with our salvation or whether it's our sanctification and saturation with the word of God. Or our security. Biblical preaching. Preaching transforms our lives. And it's so important that we understand that. And we need to have biblical preaching because the time has come. Are you still in 2 Timothy chapter 4? Let me begin with verse 2, and I'm going to read down through verse 4. Timothy, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. And here it is. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into mists. Timothy preached the word because it's not going to get any easier. The time is going to come. Navy SEALs have a saying. And their saying is this. The only easy day was yesterday. And many times that reflects sharing truth in the culture in which we live. It used to be that the Judeo-Christian ethic was part of our fabric. It was part of our society. Everybody understood what was right and what was wrong. It's not the way it is anymore. Today there is no right, there is no wrong. You just do what you want everybody else ought to leave you alone, otherwise it's their problem. And you know, the sad thing is, we find that in the church. I want to tell you, I've been fretting about this message for about three weeks. This is not an easy passage of scripture to take and to apply to our lives. The reason being is I love the church. I love God's people. I am so thankful for God's grace in my life. I am so grateful That nothing will ever separate me from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus. And you know what? I confess to you today that I have my own issues. And I have my own struggles. And there's this tension in my life, too, to live out truth that transforms. Because I'm part of this time. But I think it's important for us to recognize that these times do not surprise God. And that these times do not change God's truth. And that God has given to us His Spirit to guide and direct us into all truth, and to strengthen us so that we can be the kind of people that God wants us to be according to Him. Amen? Because this isn't about us. This is all about who He is. But the reality is, Timothy, time's gonna come and there are three reasons that I want to share with you this morning that we need to understand because the time is gonna come the first reason is found in verses 3 and 4 here in 2nd Timothy chapter 4 Timothy the time is going to come when the acceptance of truth is going to decrease acceptance of truth is going to decrease and what does paul say people will not endure sound teaching the word sound there could perhaps better be translated healthy teaching we're talking about a healthy church here and there are times when people don't want to get any better but want to go around and find some place where they can hear what they want to hear and do what they want to do. There's an interesting question that Jesus asks of a crippled person. This crippled person was lying by the pool of Bethesda And the practice was that occasionally the pool would be stirred by an angel, and whoever got in the pool first was healed. The Bible says that that person had been lying there waiting to jump in that pool for 38 years. That's a long time. And Jesus walks up to this crippled person and asks this question. Oh, it's a dumb question. Here's the question, do you want to be made whole? (laughs) I just see this crippled person say, I've been here for 38 years. Why do you think I'm lounging around the pool? It's not for my health. Well, kind of, because I want to get in it. (laughs) And yet that's a question that frankly we ask every Sunday of our lives. Do we want to change? Do we want to be conformed to the character of Christ? Do we want to be made well? We all know how sick we all are. You want to be healthy? Paul says, Timothy, the time's going to come when they won't endure healthy teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And turn away, think about this, turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into mists. Ministry's tough, I'm telling you. And it's tough because in many ways you never know what you, what's going to work in somebody's life. And what they're going to take personally and what they're going to walk away from. I mean, think about it. You've been in situations when somebody has said something to you that just hit you wrong, right? And you thought, I don't need this. I've been there. And there have been times in my ministry that... As we have looked into the word of God, and there have been difficult truths that I've said after the, the message is over, we all okay? Because I want the Spirit of God to be the one that convicts us according to the Word of God. And I don't want it to be anything that I said that was from my flesh that hurt somebody. We preachers get ourselves into that kind of situation. Less than a month ago, a pastor by the name of David Platt, who pastors a congregation in Washington, D.C., had an interesting experience. He'd preached the morning message and they were going to celebrate the Lord's table. And as he went off to kind of prepare his heart for, for the Lord's table, Someone came in and said, President Trump has come and would like for us to pray for him. Whoa. And he starts to work through this in his mind. Remember, his congregation is in Washington, D.C. And in his congregation, there are people of all stripes. And so he invites President Trump to come out on the platform and you can YouTube this. This really pretty neat and he prays for him and he prays the gospel to him and that's great it's amazing the message you can preach when you're praying and he does and that's wonderful but then he writes a letter to his congregation and in this letter he says among other things So while I am thankful that we had an opportunity to obey 1 Timothy chapter 2 in a unique way today, that's praying for those in authority, I don't want to purposefully ever do anything that undermines the unity we have in Christ. I get that. I know where he's coming from. I did the right thing. And we may debate whether or not he should have written this letter to his congregation and whether or not he's worried about unity and all that kind of stuff. I'm just telling you, in the day and age in which we live, the acceptance of truth is going to decrease and people are going to be less and less willing to have truth spoken to them. I see why I've struggled with this message for the last three, four weeks. Not only will the acceptance of truth decrease, but look with me at chapter 3 of 2 Timothy. Are you there? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. Oh, yeah, you're Right? Paul, in his last communication to Timothy, says, Timothy, in the last days, things are going to get tough. And then he outlines 19 different characteristics of people. Now, you could take any one of these characteristics as something that overshadows the rest of them. But I have picked the word out of this passage, arrogant. People are just going to get arrogant. It's all about me. And the reality is arrogance will abound. Now, I referenced David Platt earlier. And he's written a book that is wonderful. Now, if you don't want to be convicted, don't read this book. It's a book called Radical. And on the front cover it says, David Platt challenges Christians to wake up, trade in false values rooted in the American dream and embrace the notion that each of us is blessed by God for a global purpose. That is a must-read. This is a must-read for every believer. Let me share with you just a couple of things. He writes, if you ask the average Christian sitting in a worship service on Sunday to summarize the message of Christianity, you would most likely hear something along the lines of, the message of Christianity is that God loves me. Or someone might say the message of Christianity is that God loves me enough to send His Son Jesus to die for me. Well, good message. As wonderful he writes, as this sentiment sounds, is it biblical? Isn't it incomplete based on what we have seen in the Bible? God loves me is not the essence of biblical Christianity. Because if God loves me, if that is the message of Christianity, then who is the object of Christianity? God loves me. Who's the object of that? Me. Christianity's object is me. Therefore, when I look for a church... I look for the music that best fits me and the programs that best cater to me and my family. When I make plans for my life and career, it's all about what works best for me and my family. When I consider the house, what house I will live in, the car I will drive, the clothes I will wear, the way I will live, I will choose according to what is best for me. This is the decision, this is the version of Christianity that largely prevails in our culture. Arrogance. <laughs> it's all about me. And as we read through those 19 qualities, there isn't much that's good there, is there folks? May I remind you again? Verse 2, people will be lovers of self, me. Lovers of money, me. Proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, me. Ungrateful, unholy, heartless. And then you jump down to verse 4 treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having an appearance of godliness. We're all gathered here for God, right? But denying the power of it. What has God done recently in your life to challenge you and change you and conform you to the character of Christ? See, that's the power of God. Aren't you thankful it's the power of God into salvation? To the Jew first and also to the Greek. Aren't you thankful for that? Amen, right? I am thankful that my relationship with God is through His Son and not about me. Because even on my good days, my righteousness, the Scripture says, are as filthy rags. And yet, I wonder how often I have an appearance of godliness, but I deny the power of that in my life. It's not about me. Everett Piper is the president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University. And in October of 2015, he wrote this blog. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. But apparently, chapel services are required at Oklahoma Wesleyan University. That's not a bad deal. And different people share different topics in those chapel services. And one day the chaplain shared out of 1 Corinthians 13. The great love chapter, right? Speak with the tongue of men and angels, have not love, I'm sounding brass, tinkling cymbal. Love is. After that chapel a student approached the chaplain and said, why did you hurt my feelings? It's about love. He said, You made me feel this morning that it was my fault that I wouldn't love other people. The feeling of discomfort. Piper writes, after listening to a sermon, is called a conscience. (laughs) But Piper writes this, so here's my advice to those students. If you want the chaplain to tell you you're a victim, rather than tell you that you need virtue, this may not be the university you're looking for. If you want to complain about a sermon that makes you you feel less than loving for not showing love, this might be the wrong place. If you're interested in playing the hater card, then you are in confessing your own hate. If you want to arrogantly lecture rather than humbly learn, if you don't want to feel guilt in your soul, When you are guilty of sin, if you want to be enabled rather than confronted, there are many universities across the land that will give you exactly what you want, but Oklahoma Wesleyan isn't one of them. And then he ends this blog by saying, this is not a daycare, this is a university. I wonder if a healthy church has in many ways turned into a daycare instead of the proclamation of Jesus Christ who is King of kings and Lord of lords. I asked you to mark Ephesians chapter 4. Will you turn there, please? Ephesians chapter 4. Let me begin with verse 11. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. Why did he give them? Verse 12. To equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ unto him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. That's the responsibility God has given to me, to speak truth in love. Why? So that we all are not carried about with every wind of doctrine, but that we are built up in the body of Christ. Back to 1 Timothy chapter 4. Timothy, the time will come because. There's going to be a time when acceptance is going to decrease. Timothy, there's going to be a time when arrogance will abound. And Timothy, there will be a time when accountability will be realized. Look with me at verse 1, will you please? I think it's interesting. Paul starts this passage reminding Timothy of these things. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead by His appearing in His kingdom. Timothy, one day you're going to have to give an account. And that's not just for Timothy. You see, the Scripture says that we will all have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account. And one day, Timothy, you're going to appear in front of God and of Christ Jesus and you're going to stand there all by yourself, Timothy. Now this is my picture of what the beam of judgment's going to be like. And the penetrating eyes of an omniscient all-knowing God. Is going to take his word which discerns our thoughts and intents, right? And he is going to evaluate us. I don't know about you, but that scares the bejeebers out of me. I know bejeebers is not a 21st century word. Because I'm going to stand there without any excuses. And any excuses that I have will not hold a drop of water. But Lord, it was just complete your sentence. And I'm thinking about a whole lot of illustrations that I could share, and I'm not going to share any of them. But Lord, what about me? At that point, it's not going to be anything about you. It's going to be about who he is. I've told you I've struggled with this. David Jeremiah said this. It's one thing to pet the sheep, it's something else to protect the sheep. I love petting sheep. I love putting my arms around people and sharing in their lives and praying with them and encouraging them and helping them to grow. I I love to do that. My mom used to say, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything. And you don't know the number of times I bite my tongue. Because I want to say nice things. I really do. I had somebody who is no longer here tell me, the reason we don't come back to Calvary is because we never left feeling good. I felt bad about that. Because I don't think we ought to beat each other up with the Bible. But if the Bible says it, it says it, right? And if the Holy Spirit takes that and applies it to our lives, it's a good thing. And this is an assembly of believers that are growing as Christ-like disciples to be passionate about our God, obedient to his word, dependent upon him in prayer, connected to one another, authentic and relevant so that we can grow as Christ-like disciples. And it's not a daycare, folks. Because none of that is daycare stuff. And one day, I'm going to have to stand before God and give an account. (laughs) I know that. And the time will come when accountability will be realized in my life. Pastor Spencer this morning in the Ecclesia class took us through 1 Corinthians. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 it talks about judgment whether what we have to offer him is gold silver precious stone or whether it's wool hay wood hay or stubble. Wow. We won't take time this morning to go to 1 Peter chapter 5. where it talks specifically about me. And it says, when the good shepherd shall appear, you're going to have to give an account. But we all ought to realize that judgment day is coming. And that's not just for this old world. I've been reading out of Revelation in my quiet time about the bold judgments and the trumpet judgments and the vile judgment. Well, I don't want to be around. I I sure hope my theology is right. Because in my theology, we're absent from this old world and present with our Lord during all that stuff. And I know there are others who would disagree and find another. I sure hope that that's right because I don't want to go through that but I also know that one day I'm going to have to stand before God individually, personally, and give an account. And that's not just for the big stuff. That's for everything in our lives. You all right? (laughs) Connie and I, a number of months ago, scheduled a time of retreat this past Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We were invited by a pastor friend of mine to go to a beautiful log cabin and just kind of get away. And the purpose of that whole thing was he wanted to invite seasoned pastors That's old guys. And there were nine pastoral couples there. And Connie and I were one of the few who were still in vocational ministry. Most had retired. And the question Doug Schmidt, my friend, asked us to think about was, what do you able to do to build into younger guys' lives so that they make it in the ministry. Because the time will come. time will come. And we had homework. Oh, I hate homework. But this homework was very revealing in my life. What in your pastoral ministry brought you the greatest joy? And what in the pastoral ministry brought you the greatest disappointment? My greatest joy is seeing people changed by God's Word. Amen? Amen. My greatest disappointment is when people refuse to be changed by God's Word. What part of pastoral ministry is the hardest for you? Seeing people walk away from God, the church, and his fellowship. But in the midst of all of that, I have to preach the word. because that's what it's all about, right? Only the Word is truth. Only the Word transforms our lives. And we talk about being challenged and changed and conformed to the character of Christ. It's because of the Word. But the time's coming, and I would say may well be here. when people won't want healthy doctrine. When people are going to be arrogant. But also, the time's coming when I, when you, when we all are going to have to stand before God and give an account.